0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social
1: Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello, and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig, and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello, and on the phone, Dave Watson.
2: Hi guys, how are you doing?
1: Well, better than you. What? Just talk us through what just happened.
2: Well, I was acting the dick and I was pretending to push my wife out of the front of the house and,
1: um, <laughs> right that's we weren't privy to that part of the story yeah okay go
2: and um the door swung back and uh I didn't move my fingers in time and I've caught one of the fingers in the door and it's bleeding and swollen and oh Dave yeah. oh, mate but I'm a bright little salty and I'm carrying it on I'm yeah, not you're a marshalino. still doing the natter yeah yeah for yeah. that we're very but, grateful uh, is going oh, your- to take
1: the bins out later? You are taking the bins out later? It's bin oh, night, exciting. Yeah. So the alarm will go off at some point during this pod, I think. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, that yeah, is. Yeah. Everyone place a bet on what minute <laughs> in the pod it'll go off. Bin night roulette. Yeah. Is it your is it your wanking finger that's been
2: injured? No, thanks. no no thank fuck for that. No, it's the it's the left hand. Which means that um, oh, you use a the- whole hand. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's it's just going to make it difficult when I'm like uh, wanting to drink the the cup of tea that I made myself. It's going to make it difficult. Yeah. Obviously, I'm using my right hand to hold the phone.
3: Lifting any trophies with both hands is going to be tricky. So it is. I'll try not to win anything in the next few days. Okay.
2: In, the, in the next hour or so, yeah, yeah I'll I'll do my best. How are you, boys? Though let's 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 not talk about my career-threatening injury. Let's talk about your lives. Everything
3: good? All fine. Good. Fine. Totally fine. Both really tired. We're still both part of the London liberal media elite. Still going well. Oh.
1: Yeah, oh. that's good. That good. That that's good. Feels really. Did you get your um, uh, fact pack? Your fact pack this morning. Yeah. As being part of the uh, London metropolitan. Liberal media Zionist elite. <laughs> uh, every morning uh, we get an email, just sort of coordinating the agenda. The agenda. Um, did you see this morning's one, Paul? <laughs> yeah. It said uh, that the Newcastle Natter is backed by Ladbrokes. Yeah, and that they've got lots of special offers, and if you go to bet.newcastlepodcast.com then you can see all the offers. (laughs) Neoliberalism wins again. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Well, there's a more niche one for you. I don't know if it'll make the greatest hits package, but (laughs) we knocked it out. What will make the greatest hits package when it comes to this season? (laughs) God, he's a pro. Is... This Sunday's result. Four wins in a row.
2: Yeah. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Did you guys see it?
1: Yes. Dave, did you enjoy it?
2: Yeah. Um, You remember ages ago when you used to get nervous about a football game? You remember how horrible that was? Yeah. Isn't it nice these days when even even when Arsenal go 1-0 up, you're like, yeah, but these have been shit. I still think we'll get something.
1: I went to Brighton versus Palace on Saturday. Well, Palace versus Brighton. I was with a Palace fan. And uh, it was really nice to sort of not be involved in a relegation yeah. battle. Mm. Knowing Obviously, that was before the Arsenal game, but I felt as if we were safe. And it was really nice not to, to feel like I didn't, it didn't matter who won to me as a Newcastle fan. But also I was with possibly the most emotional <laughs> football fan that I've ever met. So that was fun.
3: Now... Uh, on that note, yes, last night, it was really nice to not feel like I had to watch Stoke v. West Ham. <laughs> All these awful games I've been emotionally invested in for the last four years.
1: I genuinely yes. keep on trying to remind myself to look at what the result of was. (laughs) I honestly don't know. I picked up Peter Crouch scored, didn't he? Yeah, it was was one all. It was one all.
3: But it's nice for that to be a footnote and not ruin an evening's television. No. I just watched a couple of episodes Uh, of Sopranos. Much
1: better. I thought about watching it. I watched a documentary about Dr. Dre instead.
2: (laughs) Oh, The Defiant Ones. Yeah, it's
1: really
3: good, isn't it, Dave?
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, anyway... Talk about the Arsenal game.
3: Speaking of defiant
2: ones.
3: (laughs) So, Um, yeah, go on. Yeah,
2: I I was going to say, it's just, yes, it's nice to watch other games and not not be emotionally invested at all. And we've got like a few games coming up where we don't actually like any of the results that we get. I mean, we want to finish as high as possible, but we're not at any risk anymore. But during that game, I felt an overwhelming sense of calm and just Arsenal. I expected Arsenal to come come at us a bit more and to be a bit more impressive, but they were just lacklustre and toothless. Well, um,
1: we were we were fortunate in when when we faced them at home. They haven't won all season. Uh, sorry, they haven't won in 2018 away. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we were lucky in that respect and. There were a couple of things that could have gone either way. There was a, a handball.
3: Yeah, they'd uh, been in Russia on the Thursday as well, yeah. and back on Friday morning.
1: So that there were a lot of uh, fortunate things, things that worked in our favour in this particular game. But sure. to string four wins in a row together, to to have the kind of run that we've got going on at home is really impressive and I am I've always been very anti the cult of the manager I've Mm. always respected Rafa but I've always thought he's been it's been a bit over the top but it it is starting to show how incredible he is doing for us
3: this feels like the week when that's turned a bit in the press as well a lot of articles this weekend starting to say he should be considered up there with Deitch and Guardiola as managers of the year I think it's fair yeah. enough, but I don't think he's—I don't think he's done quite as good a job as those two. But he's done what he can. It's still a, a massive achievement for us to be where we are.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's important to make the make the distinction that a, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing in the press isn't saying oh, Rafa Benitez should win manager of the year. Yeah. I think everybody's just saying. Because because it's it's a it's a it's a measure of performance. Um, let, let let's at least make him part of the conversation. We might like dismiss him out of hand, you know, as soon as we get on to talking about how well Sean Dice has done on such a limited budget and how well. Um, I mean, there's arguments for uh, Eddie Howe because he's done really well on a very small budget, and obviously Guardiola, who's done. Brilliantly, but on a much much bigger budget. But yeah, I mean, Benitez, it's not just the results. But the, make, you say
1: that as if we hadn't didn't have a tiny budget.
2: <laughs> Where we are doing no, but I think I think with the the issue that Newcastle United have is that because we we we're, we're a quote unquote bigger club than Bournemouth and Burnley, despite the fact that they've spent similar amounts to us um we're going to be considerable but like we should be doing better Do you know what I mean it's not fair but it's, it's
1: sure i understand it's expectations just, mm,
3: yeah it's I, just uh,
2: the expectations of it but I think if you look at all the also
3: three the- if you look at the three clubs in the bottom 3 at the moment they've probably all got stronger squads potentially on paper than us we have done amazingly to be to be top half is quite something.
1: Well, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? Who's got the weakest squad in the Premier League and we've got a question later on that might help mm. us address that further.
2: But but let's talk about the the game itself.
1: All right, Dave. Yeah, Steve. OK.
2: Do you, because, you know, we haven't yet. I know, um,
1: right.
3: David, Dave, you don't get to set the agenda. You're not in the London Liberal Media elite.
2: <laughs> um, no, I'd pay for you lot, so it's fine. Um, what okay, do, you do you think, think were, do, about the way we conceded the first goal? Sorry, you,
1: sorry, I'm just I'm just struggling. Who is the host of this show, David? <laughs> Let me switch that back. What did you think about the first goal, Dave?
2: <laughs> um, I thought it um, it laid bare a few of the concerns we've got about uh, Dwight Yedlin, uh, DeAndre Yedlin, um, how he. How he can get drawn out of position, and he's a bit suspect positionally. Um, but but really, it was Alexandre Lacazette, who is one of the two strikers for Arsenal that took the field that we have previously been interested in. I thought it just showed his quality. I think-
1: yeah, we were interested in him for years, weren't we? We were yeah. dawdling. It was always going to happen. I felt that feels like that was like six or seven years ago or something that we were. It was talked about us signing Lacazette it's
3: sort of Pardew era I think it was
1: Pardew it? era but then then he got priced well out
2: yeah similarly with Aubameyang Aubameyang Aubameyang, Aubameyang. Um, we, were, we were in for him years and years ago it was another one of um, Graham Carr's murdered signings that never that never transpired um, and he he looks you know he looks very good but uh, overall Arsenal looked terrible
3: yeah I thought they started okay but that was more because it was the first time in a while we've started slowly last few games we've come out of the traps quite well I think this was we for the first time were on the beach for the first sort of (laughs) half hour which was nice nice to be able to have that but then
1: what got things moving was these succession of Long balls that Shelby was knocking for Gale. Yeah, it was amazing. There was about ten of them. He just <laughs> kept on going. It was he. He just kept on knocking his beautiful passes. Uh, I mean, Shelby is going from strength to strength for us, but Gale was making some really nice runs. And and uh, in the twenty ninth minute, mm-hmm. it uh, produced a goal. <clears throat> Neither of them was the goal scorer. Of course, Perez uh,
3: got his third in three games, I think. yeah. Shelby and Gale were crucial in the build-up for that goal. They were. Of course, Gale laid it
1: it off for Yedlin. But um, a brilliant finish from Perez.
3: We sort of forget he's an out-and-out striker in a lot of ways. That's how he started for us as well. His positional sense in the box is pretty good.
1: Well, he's one of these sort of little floaty players yeah. that could play a number of positions in a four, two, three, one. Do you know what I mean? He can sort of play all four of the positions in a, as yeah. a front positions.
3: He's, yeah, he's played on the left for us before. He's played number 10. He's played striker. He's quite movable.
1: Yeah, he's... he's
3: but that, he's that, like, Peter um, <laughs> he's, he's like Peter Beardsley.
1: He's not like
2: Peter Beardsley. That finish just screams confidence, doesn't it? Just that one touch wallop, just lovely, lovely app. Like, it's the other side of Yedlin's game for all he was um, I criticising for his, his defending for their goal. I think that's the other side of his game. It's just that electric pace, quick delivery into the near post, and yeah, it's just. Really lovely finish by, by Perez.
1: And we went in 1-1, possibly at that stage looking the better side.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: And, and then coming out for the second half, there was a real game on. It definitely could have gone either way.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's just because we're safe now, but I never felt worried about Arsenal. The thing that worried me a little bit is that we were playing all these amazing balls to Gale whose movement is a huge part of that. But his confidence is so shot that there's so Mm. many times when he'd get close to one-on-one or have someone to beat and you just thought, he's not going to do it. And then when he came off and Slimani came on, you sort of thought, we've got an actual edge here.
1: Yes, Slimani made a really good impact. Just as an indication of just how relaxed I am now about our season. I genuinely
3: fell asleep for the last 10 minutes of the game.), <laughs> <laughs> God, when's the last time you could say that in April? Yeah. yeah
1: Well, I always these days I always sort of fall asleep in football. I just find it a bit relaxing.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. I think I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that you're a new dad and are permanently exhausted.
1: No, it was definitely that. He was asleep. (laughs) I was like, I think I could watch this game lying down
3: for a bit. Sort of similar thing. Like, my dog normally can't be in the room with me when I'm watching Newcastle because I'm so nervous she picks up on it and, like, has to go out into the garden and hide behind a bush and shake. And she was sat next to me for the Arsenal game, fine. (laughs) There were no nerves there and no like simmering tension. Oh, nice.
1: And we d- nice, we don't traditionally yeah. do
3: we haven't we haven't beaten Arsenal for quite
1: a while. We we don't traditionally do particularly well against Arsenal no. even though
3: some of us could see this result coming though.
1: No, yeah, you did predict 2-1 specifically, didn't you Paul? You predicted Mustafi would be shite. Did was... you put a bet on um Mustafi will be shite? Yeah. Yeah. You got
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: he got a lot of uh, criticism for the game. He was uh, sort of responsible for their first goal. Yeah. The pass, but as a defender.
3: But I think the way, like the fact Shelby was able to have the time to knock so many of those passes tells you that Arsenal's defensive problems, a lot of those are because they're midfield doesn't close down it's like we used to be a lot of the time where you'd have so many defenders caught one-on-one or space behind mm. them because the rest of the team isn't doing their job defensively
1: but shelby's yep. been doing that against a lot of sides in the last month or two which is yeah. leading to and i know we've spoken about it pretty much every week let's do it again but it's leading to a lot let's of put talk. some
3: percentages on it
1: what i was going to say it's leading to a lot of talk about shelby for england and right now I think you should be in the starting eleven for England.
3: Yeah. That's what I think. It's not going to happen. be in the squad. It's not going to happen, but he's... It's all part of Gareth Southgate's hair bias. <laughs> 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 he'll, he'll only pick his suit players. It's notorious, isn't it? Yeah. Look at, look at the starting eleven in all the last England games. You'll see. Full heads of hair, all of them. Hmm. Disgraceful. Um, so
1: let's talk about our second goal, which, uh, if I remember correctly, came about thanks to uh, Slimani winning a header after yeah. some <coughs> shit from our by-
3: throw-in. We were basically it was sort of six Arsenal defenders on three of our players. I think it was Callum Chambers, or it might have been Holding, who did a sort of clearing header.
1: Straight back into the danger zone. Yeah,
3: the only place you wouldn't want to head that ball was sideways to Slimani. Yeah. He just. That's such a nice header, like all muscle. He's got a lot of. He's quite top heavy, isn't he? He's got yeah, big He's old, quite he's,
1: quick, though, as well. He's got a big chest. <laughs> Slimani. I keep on trying to think who he reminds me of. Apparently, he got Thompson down to Ferguson. the. Mm, Oh maybe yeah, there is yeah. a bit of
3: that about him. But he's quite quick. Mm. Like, did he? Like so the, he beat the, a there was of an
2: earlier, I think it was an earlier run where he was out on the left hand side, and he was up against the right back. And it wasn't so much that he was beating the kid for you know with blinding pace, but he was running powerfully at some pace. You know, he wasn't. It wasn't quick. What was that he when just,
3: he cut inside Chambers? Just, was it Chambers, yeah, yeah, I think so. And he was just.
2: He it it was just a locomotive he just like you're not going to stop him fairly
3: yeah I'd um, like to see him start the next game he looks a cut above Gale Gale's been good the last few games but his his finishing's just not there at the minute
1: apparently he got down to the last two with Dwayne The Rock Johnson for the movie Rampage <laughs> <laughs> he's just got that kind of power yeah I see who he reminds me of Mitrovic not really, but, you know, a little bit.
3: Yeah, Mitrovic, but is able to actually follow team instructions. A more dynamic uh, Mitrovic. It's nice to see his link. At, like, Kennedy looked... Even though Kennedy was knackered by the time Slimani came on, oh, Kennedy yeah. looked suddenly a cut above once he was there. There was a really good one-two between them. Slimani just played a through ball for Kennedy. And you thought mm-hmm. he does... He's not just there as a striker.
1: Let's just... Uh, finish off talking about the actual goal. Yeah. Samani won the header Then there was a lovely flick by the unformed Perez. Another goal and assist. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who should uh, show up unmarked but uh, Scotland's
3: finest. Scotland's finest. (laughs) Matt Ritchie. I just seen the ball I thought I'm going to hit that. Sorry, I thought it was (laughs) I just seen the ball and I thought
1: I'm going (laughs) to hit it. For Scotland.
3: I could hear bagpipes. <laughs> I was getting emotional about Scotland and all the jocks.
1: <laughs> well, when you're surrounded by all the English scum, you've got to prove yourself, <laughs> is <isn't> you? <laughs> I felt like Rob Roy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as soon as I hopped over as well, I knew I was in for a good day.
3: <laughs> nothing better. Fucking Sassanax. <laughs> Celebrating in front of them Sassanacs, giving it some
0: no I won't tell you what's under me cute fucker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the continuing adventures of Scotland's Matt Ritchie
0: is its tenants
1: and uh, Scotland's Matt Ritchie's hatred of corner flags
3: <laughs> what he was
2: um, the referee made him put it back
1: yeah cuz he yeah. said he would have got a booking if he didn't put it back. <laughs> and it well it's nice to see some discipline.
3: You've been quite <laughs> critical of flags this season. So do you are you pro what McGee did?
1: Yeah. Well that's a reference to a while ago. I was quite uh skept, not skeptical isn't the word. I was quite cynical. Yeah. But about Gallagher flags Mm, yeah. you were allowed to be i was it's quite fine. sneery that was it I was quite yeah
3: yeah bit of a prick yeah.
1: no you weren't that was a bit yeah of a prick you were prick. Uh,
3: you
2: were a, a cunt that's what <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, i was supposed besu- to you know it's nice a bit of atmosphere <laughs> but what i do like is that a few months ago it was all like fucking hell the atmosphere at st james's park is shit let's all chip together and buy some flags. Whereas on this Sunday, it felt like there was actually an organic, really good atmosphere as a result of... Because of the new flag. Maybe it was because of the flag. Maybe it was because of the flag. Or maybe it was because we were there was something to cheer about. Yeah. And we were competitive and we, we were going for it. And I think
3: there being no nerves as well does make a difference. It does make a difference, but
1: it's... Once again, it feels like we've got a team to get behind and there's a lot of people doing a lot of running, one of whom won man of the match. I'll be absolutely honest, I didn't really notice him in the game, but he won a lot of plaudits, (laughs) Mo Diame.
3: He was amazing.
1: Paul, you say he was amazing.
3: He was just everywhere. I think it's worth remembering how brittle we've been in the past and how lightweight our midfield's been. And any time yeah. they built an attack, before it could really get going, he's just in there. And you don't think anyone's going to get past him anymore. Whereas before, you'd think, oh, he's going to get a booking, Shelby's going to have to get out of position covering for him. Whereas now, he's breaking up moves and there's space for us to attack in because we've stopped it I early. guess he
1: deserves a lot of credit for Shelby's current form. Yeah.
2: I oh, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shelby's and also liberated. And also Perez's recent form because now that... We've got a central midfield partnership that's doing the, their... you know, doing the jobs and closing down. And that's giving Shelby some time on the ball, but it's also making spaces, making spaces for, uh, Perez to move into. And it's making, um, making his job a little bit easier. So I think Mo, Mo Army's upturn in form, it's been vital. Absolutely vital to our um,
3: post-Christmas
1: form. Yeah. And uh, before we go for a break, I'd like to just put a word in for Kennedy because I thought he was... Oh,
2: superb yeah,
1: again. He's he's a really good footballer. If we runner, can
3: isn't. somehow get him permanently, somehow that would be a heck please. of a sign-in.
1: I would be really delighted if we could. And maybe if we finish in the top half then maybe we're not
3: such a terrible proposition maybe we should Mm. just drug him before every game from now on so he has a terrible game people think it was just a flash in a pan no interest in him and the fees down i
1: thought you were going to say just drug it so he becomes dependent on a drug that's only available in newcastle (laughs) we're the only ones who can supply it Okay, well I'll tell you what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna have a quick break and we will be back with some of your questions. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, guys. Lovely
3: break.
2: My finger fell off.
3: To do it. How is the finger now?
2: Oh, it's properly swollen. It is
3: uh, it's times it's, like, it's
1: times like this, you must be pretty grateful that you were born with six fingers on each hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm only needing one of them right now. Mm.
1: So, uh, I forgot, but you very kindly, Dave, put out a question on Twitter, nine hours mm. today, nine hours ago. Um, yep. It included a GIF. Big fan of gifts, aren't you?
2: Oh, I love a GIF. He loves any, gift. Anything that does a little bit of the leg work for me, but big you, fan.
1: But you were asking for questions and uh, Tony Armstrong obliged. Uh, you, you had a very good question. He said, if you could replace any of our Arsenal starting eleven with any players from teams below us at the moment, who would it be? Ooh. Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, that was the first one that came to mind for me.
3: There's a few in that Palace team. Like Loftus-Cheek, even though he's not their player, I think would be...
1: But, uh, t- to be fair, good. I think what you have to do is say who you would replace them. Who would you would replace with our Arsenal starting eleven?
2: Okay. Um, Ryan Bertrand for Domit. I know Domet's been great, but Ryan Bertrand is very good.
3: See, it's a tricky one at the moment because there's not... I think Dwight Gale's the only one I'd take out of that starting eleven at the moment.
1: Well, they are all on very good form. And because they're below us, most of the players below us are on great form. But I think Zaha,
3: mm. you would put ahead of Gale. You would put ahead of Perez. Shakiri at West Ham, I think, likewise. Yeah. Shakiri. Is
1: it Shakiri? Do you mean Shakiri at Stoke?
3: Yes. Who's the one I'm thinking of? At West- Arnautovic. Uh, Arnautovic at West Ham. Hmm. But
1: it
2: the was- trouble is, like, everybody that you're, that, and, and myself are thinking, generally thinking of, they happen to be playing in positions where we're seeing the best of them. So, like, Shakiri, would you really drop Matt Ritchie for Shakiri?
3: No. I don't I know. Mean- we might not be holding on to Kennedy. So there's a few. Oh yeah, yeah. in the future,
2: who would we buy? But I think the question was like, of the teams currently below us in the league, who would we take out of our first team to, to, you know, who would we trade for them? And I think, well, I would definitely,
1: definitely take Zaha and I would take him over pretty much anyone. Kennedy
3: or Richie. Definitely. I would,
1: you would take him over both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly Richie.
3: He's and the best I, player in the bottom half of the league,
1: I and think. he could And he could play up front instead of Dwight Gale as well. Yeah. Yes, well, the, I,
2: I I just think
3: yeah, I suppose. You could take
1: Perez, Zaha, and then...
3: There's a few at Southampton like Tadic and Ward-Prowse.
2: tadic seemed terrible. Yeah, really but I really think
3: you think what Benitez would get out of him compared to what... Mm.
2: Well, that, in that case, I'd, I, I, you know, ravage the... Southampton team for all their young starlets like James Ward-Prowse and stuff because a season under Rafa Benitez and they'd be a much better player yeah. than a season under Claude Puel.
1: Sure. So under on, on current form, then you certainly say Zaha, and then there's a few other talents out there. And I put a shout mm. in last week, I think, for Johnny Evans. Yeah. Uh, West Brom is just a bloody good defender.
2: Yeah. He um, he won't be there next season.
3: No, well, they turned down. Was it like thirty million from Man City for him at Christmas? <laughs> that's
1: insane. Yeah, I'd take Hernandez over Dwight Gale. Yeah, I think
3: that's fair.
2: Javier well, Hernandez,
3: yes, over Dwight Chicharito? Gale. Oh, yeah. No. Rafa wanted him as well at the start of the season, which usually tells you, or you sort of tells you he'd take him over Dwight Gale. Hmm.
2: Yeah, they, maybe I. I, what, I don't know. Watford are below us now, not,
1: which hadn't even occurred to me. Watford were having such an amazing season. We're now two places above them. Yeah. What's his name?
2: Ricarlicson. Richarlison? Yeah. Yeah, he's well gone off the boil, though. He's gone off the boil.
3: Watford it's, are one of those ones where you just think the start of every new season there's eleven new players. So you, know, there's no point learning. It's like when a temp comes into an office. You know, there's no point learning the Watford players' names. <laughs> in the
1: first half of the season, you would probably have taken. Rick Carlison and uh, yeah. Decore, yeah,
2: from yeah. Oh, what about that Lamina at Southampton? Okay, I know he had a stinker against us in the center of the park, but he was—he's been one of their arguably of the best players last season. Uh, this season.
1: So I guess there's a number of ways of answering the question. We have said on a number of occasions that we maybe have the worst squad in the league. So, in terms of talent, there's quite a few that we'd like to take. But in yeah. terms of current form...
3: You're probably looking at strikers now. and right-backs. Yeah. Is it Ake yep. at Bournemouth? Is he a right-back?
2: He's sent centre-half. Uh,
1: yeah, I wouldn't mind... Ake, He's a centre-half. wouldn't mind Ake. Yeah. Probably take Charlie Daniels over Paul Dummett, although I love Paul Dummett. Okay. All right. There is... Oh, is that it?
3: Good question, yeah. though. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a, a question from... Uh, Nick Bird. He says, now that relegation is off the agenda, is the next thing to keep us awake at night being Rafa's future? Will it be Rafa or Ashley to leave? It's the ongoing question, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be one or the other, surely, this
3: summer. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Depends. If Ashley <laughs> stays, but gives Rafa the amount of money he wants to spend, then I think Rafa stays.
1: Now... Yeah speaking very loosely of Mike Ashley, my friend met Mike Ashley's son a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for an anecdote. He said he was nice, but he sent me a link today and I don't think I'm betraying my friend here because I'm not saying who sent the link. But Mike Ashley's son works at Radar Radio and uh, they've just been, he's, Names Ollie Ashley, and he's just been very directly accused of uh, being racist and sexist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, for one, am shocked.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's really? No great
2: there. surprise that there are accusations flying about him. Not necessarily saying that he's guilty. That's for the courts to decide.
1: I don't. Well, I don't think it's going to the courts. I think it's just a little article on a blog. <laughs> uh,
2: do they not stand up in call these days?
1: No. We've got a, a tweet from Geordie Ash here. He says, Assuming Dubrovka signs permanently and Kennedy returns to Chelsea, what three positions do we need to prioritise when we look at new signings in the summer? Good question. What three positions? He's narrowed it down. Hmm. Uh, he didn't say whether Slomani returns, but I'm assuming Slamani will return. Uh, so return if he to, Leicester, yeah. to Leicester. Return to Leicester. Return to Leicester. We've got a title. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he'll do that. But even if he does stay with us, I will we'll put in a shout. I, I still think we need a, a striker. Yeah. yeah. For- That's the main one. All the good things that Dwight Gayle has been able to do at times, I believe. Our He's still only got sco- five goals. Yes, Perez is now our suddenly our
3: top scorer. Yeah. On yeah,
1: seven in all competitions. I think it's we do need a proper striker.
3: Yeah, and we're making the chances for a proper striker as well. Yeah. Um, well, you'd have
1: to say Lascelles and Lejeune have got quite a nice partnership going. Yeah, Paul Dummett. I love Paul Dummett.
3: Yeah, as good as Perez has been lately, we've no depth at number ten. We've got no. Yeah,
2: so I would, there. I would have said the higher priority than that is if Kennedy leaves, it's a left winger because yeah. actually just hasn't done, hasn't done a lot. To what be about
1: honest. Orlando Aarons he's always coming back
3: from his next injury days
2: he's like 32 now just leave him be he's not a promising prospect
3: yeah I think left winger it'd be great if we could get Kennedy but yeah. and I would knows. also
1: so hang on so we've definitely said striker we're definitely saying left winger and I this is sounds mean I don't enormously rate Matt Ritchie I think he's good I think he's,
3: he's all it, but, he's got a slump in him Every season. I think we could do...
1: I don't think he's a top half Premier League
3: player and I wouldn't mind one. Yeah. I sort of feel Um, like our backup options in centre midfield suddenly look quite a class below Shelby and Diame. Marino as well as he started. Marino I think it would be interesting to see how he plays alongside the new Mohamed Diame. But Isaac Hayden... I can't see being around for much longer.
1: I think no. pretty, I think we're looking quite good in central midfield. Yeah, but we're,
3: we're,
2: fine, a, we're but an I, injury I away from being. On, you can't rely on Modi Army to keep up this form because with all with like he, he has been brilliant and he deserves all the credit going to him, but he is thirty two, I think, and he won't be able to maintain this level. And, and most of it is through energy, and he's not going to have this amount of energy next season. I think we can't. We can't be um, complacent. We've got to either sign somebody that can take on that role that he's been performing for us in the centre of the park alongside Jonjo Shelby, or we've got to get either Isaac Hayden or Marino up to that standard. OK, so central Don't midfield is one
1: of your positions for, for both of so. you. Yes. And uh, we're agreed on left winger and striker.
3: Yes. Yeah. OK. Another good
1: question. And that is the end of the questions. We have a game this weekend.
3: Who, remind me, who's it <laughs> <laughs> Everton away oh, on yeah. Monday night. On Monday night. There's football on every night apart from Friday this week. It's insane. Like Premier League football. It's Spurs, Brighton, as we speak, I think are one all. Yeah. Last time I checked,
1: there were. Kane got a goal. Yeah.
3: The- fantasy players
1: fantasy players
3: it's nice again not to be like worried about the outcome of these games
1: of course we've got that Newcastle and league haven't we i had got to the stage where all i was bothered about in this fantasy league was beating you paul you? because working we were very close but you i i forgot to do anything to my team for a couple of weeks and
3: Made a couple Shall I of quickly read out the a top, bit of a lead, the top a three in the Nata League? Sure, go for it. So, in third place, Fusco's Dreamers, Alexander Fusco. Shout second, out, shout out. Second place, regular questioner, Magnus Gregor, Oh yeah, well done Magnus. And top, with Atletico Mince, John Easton. 30 points clear at the minute. Oh, so there's still a battle going, going Highest on. Highest out of us, 7th place, Paul Doolan. 13th, Fergus. And the, the footballing expert on the pod, <laughs> Dave. I have scrolled down a lot. My thumb's hurting. Twenty <laughs> ninth yeah. out of 39. Wow. In
2: my defence, I did the same as um, Fergus, but earlier. Yeah. I haven't made any changes to my team in months.
1: I, I just I don't like, find that believable because yeah. you're so into stats and crafts and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I could like I can't be asked to to keep that up. I don't know what it is about it, but I just I forget, and then by the time I get back, I'm like sixty points behind the leader or sixty points behind like top ten, and I'm just like oh, that's that can't be asked.
1: Or maybe you just don't know that much about football, Dave. <laughs> yeah,
2: there is also that you know distinct possibility.
1: So. Our next game is away at Everton. I've been to see us away at Everton twice and we won both times and it was brilliant. Oh. And I quite fancy playing Everton at the moment. We've just won four games in a row. Yeah. There are teams that you would... There aren't many teams you'd rather play in a way. It would be really nice to get one over on Big Sam.
3: Yeah, especially because we're not going to get the chance to play Pardew's West Brom anymore. This is like... yeah. This feels like it's got a bit of extra needle.
1: I'd like to see Everton, just for the fun of it, play a whole team of number 10s. But they could. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just, decide, just go, right, well, we're not qualifying for Europe this season. We're not going down. We've got way too many number 10s. You're all playing tonight. It's so like the a best, battle royale. Yeah, well. <laughs> the best two get to
0: stay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, are, they have been... Fucking tedious under Allardyce. Do you know they've, they've only scored once in the last, like, 270 matches?
3: What? Uh, 270
2: <laughs> minutes. <Sorry>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that, is some, <laughs> that is some poor form, is it? matches. they celebrate that goal. <laughs> but yes, Sam's managed to keep them out of the relegation. Well, he does.
3: <laughs> He's a, a specialist. Part. Christ. I think I've, i have losing this blood loss.
1: Well, um, all you need is 40 points, isn't it? So 40 nil nils. <laughs> you,
3: that's only what is it? Twenty three thousand minutes <laughs> or <So> two thousand three hundred? <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: I reckon if we beat them on on the on the weekend, then we'll finish above them. Because I just I think that they are one of those teams who um, certainly under Sam Allardyce will not give a shit. Now that they're safe, they'll likely finish in the top half. You know, they only need a, a few points to make sure that they finish yeah. in the top half. I reckon that um, the players fucking hate him. The fans certainly hate him. They were singing, fuck off Sam Allardyce. So,
3: I think they know um, he's not sticking around. so They're not that motivated. We weirdly seem, we just seem to be thriving from having yeah. nothing to play for. <laughs> he's become a sort of Premier League Mick McCarthy, hasn't he? Mm. even though he does
1: get the job done in terms of usually when he joins a club, his main aim is to keep them out of relegation and he succeeds at that. He is largely his arrival at a club is met by enormous groans from the fans.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's Um, nice um, to see your team is like, you know, like like in the relegation zone or, or in danger of it. You look at a big Sam, uh, big Sam Allardyce's appointment as complete, just no ambition, just get to safety and then and then give up on the season. It's he, he is very good at making teams hard to beat, and he's very good at like grinding out one 0 wins at home and nil nils away, and it's boring. And I shit and I get why everybody hates him. I certainly hated his brand of football. I hated his ego. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't say that the man doesn't do the job that he's employed for. I just think that Everton panicked a bit, and they, they could have employed somebody. I mean, they tried to get um, what's his name, Silva, didn't they, from from Watford? Yeah. And they could, if they if they just hung hang fire for a bit, they could have had him, or they could have had somebody else. But, but appointing Sam Allardyce was just panicking and that's why I think we'll we'll do them.
1: Okay, what's do your them. prediction
3: uh, score-wise? I'm
2: a, I'm a say I'm a say 1-0. Okay.
3: One thing I'll say what? on the Allardyce thing as well. I'm glad Everton did appoint him. Cause it does make you feel vindicated as a Newcastle fan because for years after we got rid of him there were quite a lot of his cronies and the sort of Sky Sports news people basically saying the Geordies hounded him out and he was doing a good job there. Whereas I think now we're actually seeing the truth that unless you're a really struggling team whose only ambition is to not get beaten, he's not got the skill set to make you play decent football or go into that mid-table, top-half level.
1: Well, we've been the experiment for that for a couple of managers, haven't we? Yeah. We've got a lot of shit for not liking Pardew. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there's Altheis. And to be fair Kid hardly had to, didn't, went on to greater things after us so Paul what's your prediction of the score
3: I think it's going to be turgid mm-hmm. as a game I think one all
1: I was thinking one all they're like a
3: draw at the moment Everton yeah yeah. they haven't won or lost I'd like to see Slomani start one. that feels like feels like he must surely be match fit now
1: yeah Hopefully he's got 70 minutes in him.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I would like to see that. Certainly away at Everton. It seems like a mm. good place for a big you lad think, like Who's him. that
3: big Welsh centre-back they've got? Ashley Williams. Yeah, who's gone to shit. You'd like to see someone big getting in amongst him. Yeah.
2: Is Jagielka oh, still playing for them?
3: I think so. I don't, don't know he is, if he's He is, but he's not the
1: first choice, is he? Because Michael Key. Oh, they oh, spent yeah,
3: so. so much.
1: They did spend a lot.
3: Mad, like... Again, a sign of the managers. Imagine Benitez with their squad. I think they'd be, yeah. they'd be top six. But their squad's quite lopsided, isn't it? It's a bit... They've not got enough number 10s. They're, they're, yeah, they need more number 10s. <laughs> the whole team playing in the hole. <laughs> and the keeper on his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it doesn't work often but when it works it's quite something you put the whole team there
1: then you manage to plug the hole <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> there is no hole okay so I, I think are I'm you re- saying one all as well
1: yeah I'm going to say one all so I think I'm ready to draw things to a close Yes. Yeah, if sure, everyone's happy with sure, that sure
2: sure 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 sure, sure.
1: okay <laughs> well uh, thank you very much Dave Watson
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because it brings people to us. Um, my name is Fergus Craig. Thank you.
0: Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks